following podcast contains strong language and mature themes. Robert Jennings wrote about an unsolved death in which the body of a man was found at a local beauty spot back in 1984. I'm Gemma Kingsley, working with Marie Colson, and we have taken on the case of solving this mystery in our podcast, Death in Podville. So, we have decided to call this series, The Body in the Woods. right at the end of our investigation. After the end of last week, things were looking very bleak. So, like any other Brit, we went down to the pub to drown our sorrows. Can you do that a bit quieter, please? Still hungover? Yeah. (laughs) This is the first of a two-part end of the series. Too much happened to fit in one episode, so we've had to split it. But this is the end of our investigation. Part two will be aired next week. Do you join us at the bar? We also have no studio to record this, as I'm staying with Marie for a couple of days. Just till I sort something out. Sorry ladies, we're not open yet. Sorry Gemma, didn't realise it was you two. Come in my star customers. What's going on? Oh my god, really Billy? You're shitting me. For the recorder, at the table by the entrance where the hand sanitizer lives, is a printed A3 card with a picture of our podcast, with writing that says, as featured in the Death in Podville podcast. Really? <laughs> I thought it might help you get more listeners. And more customers for your pub. Mutual symbiosis, I think is the term. The what? What? It means we both benefit from the association. Okay, fair enough. You're not telling me you've finally actually listened to it. Go over to your usual table. Now pull out a chair. I don't get it. What am I supposed to hear? Oh, very clever. He's put pads on the feet of the chair so they don't scrape on the floor. (laughs) I heard the scrape during my interview and it sounded awful, so I thought I'd better remedy it. And you've done that for all the chairs? No, just your table. Our table? Yep. There's even a brass plaque here that mentions that the first episode of the podcast was recorded here. Not creepy at all. What Gemma means is, thank you very much. We really appreciate the sentiment. But I am getting a headache just looking at the floor. Oh, those. New guidelines from the government. We have to place circles on the floor that are one metre apart and get the customers to stand on them so they're in zones. Part of the COVID relaxation scheme. That'll be fun for the police. You could play Twister on them. <laughs> Don't start giving them ideas. Anyway, what can I get you to? I'll have a pint of ale, please, Billy. Whatever you recommend. I'll have a vodka and coke. Cheers. Celebrating. Consoling. We think the show's gonna have to end. Why? I thought it was going well. Have you not heard the latest episode yet? Just downloaded episode seven. What's happened? Without spoilers, of course. The company I work for has gone into administration and I leave my job next week. I'll have to go and look for another job, but that will take some time. And my dad has kicked me out to boot. I'm really sorry to hear that, Gemma. Maybe I can help. Well, I wouldn't say no to doing some shifts here. I wouldn't dream of it. How would you like a sponsor? I'll give you some money, and you can name the pub in an advert or something. Um, I, I guess we could do that. Certainly, if it means we can keep going. I'll write a cheque for an amount, and you can say if it won't be enough. Billy's getting out a chequebook. 
Billy is showing Gemma the check. Gemma's turning a very funny colour, almost matching the colour of the dots on the floor, and she's swaying slightly. Gemma, are you alright? <clears throat> um, yeah, um... Billy, I can't. Surely you need that. You are the first to hear my news. I've sold the restaurant and got a nice amount from it which will help me go and retire. You are doing something special and I would like to help. And if this helps, then surely that's a good thing. Well, I'm at loss for words. Thank you, Billy. I, I can't believe you sold the restaurant. I'm 70 now. Time to hang up my apron. And the timing was right. We'll miss your pies. We certainly will. I may step in to help with the odd shift. The pub will keep me busy for a couple more years. Then I'll sell it up completely. Thank you so much, Billy. This is life-changing for us. And it will mean the podcast can continue. I think we'll cut the recorder now and get drunk to celebrate. (laughs) You join us back at the Gazette because Scarlett called us last week and asked if we would come round. So we've turned up. But we have no idea what she wants. Hi ladies, please come in. We were intrigued by your request. What's up? I've been listening to your podcast, and I heard the latest episode. I wanted to have a chat about it. Oh, that doesn't sound good. There are a couple of things I thought we could discuss. Items that came up from the show. I have to say, I'm impressed at how far you've come, considering the police never made any of these connections. Also, whoever that man was, you can trust me. You did say you were keeping this honest. Thank you. You found out about the farm and the cows and mentioned BSE. Do you know anything about BSE? Not really. Things took a bit of a turn and I didn't get the chance to do the research. Yes. Sorry to hear about the job. Another business bites the dust in this harsh climate. You're not the only one. Not that that makes any difference. Okay. BSE is bovine, spongiform, encephalopathy, but it was more widely known as mad cow disease. The first case recorded in the UK was Christmas 1984. I'll just let that sink in. Hang on. Didn't Michael say those cows were later found to have BSE? And we think those cows were what Kenny was investigating. That was early 1984, some eight to nine months earlier than that. Correct. Either there was a mistake, or these cows had BSE and predated the first publicly known case by a year. This opens up so many possibilities, but on with the history lesson. So, within six weeks of Christmas 84, some 133 cows had died and four herds had been infected. They were diagnosed with BSE. It's nasty. Find the videos online for mad cow disease. Their back becomes arched, they can't walk, and they lose weight. They suffered head tremors and kicking and became more aggressive. It's horrific. How did they kill the cows then? Bolt gun, through the skull and into the brain, up here at the top. Bang! Gross. How did they get it? Was it contagious? Basically, the unwanted parts of a cow were turned into protein feed and fed back to the other cows. This cannibalism was the driving factor. 
it caused the brain damage, which changed the cow's behavior. It was first thought to be scrapie, which is a disease found in sheep. That sounds nasty. This is just the start. The use of bovine offal was banned from baby food in 1989, followed by its use in all human food as a result of a committee study. It was thought that it was only a problem in cows and that it wouldn't jump species. But jump forward to 1990 and a Siamese cat died from a feline version of BSE. Now we move to 1995 and the first human, a 19-year-old, died from an illness similar to Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, or CJD. This new illness was renamed as VCJD, a variant of CJD. As of last year, 178 people have died from a variant CJD in the UK alone. How come? Because, for several years after it came into existence, it was entering the food chain through meat. There's a video of the then agricultural minister feeding his daughter a beef burger to prove it was safe. For six years, infected material was entering the food chain after the ban. What's worrying is that there are three genome types, MM, MV, and VV. When people came into contact with it, some suffered the effect straight away and died. Now, there's research to show that the MM was the initial phase, and all those with that type have now died from it. For those with the V type, the disease is dormant and delayed. But there are signs now that there's been a rise in deaths attributed to BSE in the last five or six years. If that's the case, then there are possibly millions of people who still carry the V-type genome. Just when we thought having COVID was enough to deal with. So the cows that were found had BSE, so they were burned. And they thought that the problem was probably isolated and would go away. But they were wrong. And it did come back. So, where do we go from here? How does this help us now? I have the address of the people who lived at Dandelion Grove at the time of the incident. I have notified them. They're expecting a visit from you tonight. Oh, that's a shift. Wait, but how, how did you find it? It was in one of our old files, probably taken during a previous news story. Thank you again for your help. Hi, Gemma and Marie. What can I do for you two? We think we know what happened. Go on. It looks like it was BSE that infected the cows. An early case of infections at the Dandelion Grove farm. They were checked and destroyed. It looks like it was around six months earlier than first recorded. We think Kenny was on the trail. He knew something wasn't right and went to keep an observation on the farm. Unfortunately, his last take might confirm what actually happened that day, if it still exists. That makes sense. Looks like you are on the right track. And we now know who lived at the farm at the time Kenny disappeared. Well, that's good. We're going there this evening to find out more information. Hopefully they can shed some light. Thank you for the update. Let me know how you get on at the meeting. Will do.
we head over? We haven't really had a chat about Billy. Yeah, it's been an odd couple of days. Are you going to accept it? I mean, I don't mind having a sponsor for the show. I was lost for words. What Billy did was wonderful and selfless. I must admit, I had to process a gesture. Not because it was Billy, but because I wanted to make sure that I wouldn't cause a conflict with our goal of creating non-biased reporting. I hope that makes sense. It's something we haven't had to deal with before, and we have an audience that listens to us and wants to know we are honest and can't be compromised. You know? Does, does that make sense? When you put it like that, I can understand your hesitation. Your reasoning is sound, but I also know you are honest in your endeavour to create this podcast. You wouldn't compromise it for commercial or notoriety gains. I'm glad you understand. And? Yes, I have decided to accept the sponsorship. It will mean I can carry on researching this series, and hopefully a second one. So we're good to finish the series? We are. Shall we go and see what this new lead brings? I don't mind if you use some of it to find somewhere to stay. Thank you, Marie. That's a big weight off my mind. Let's go then. the address Scarlet gave us. It's the home of Alex and Rachel. We'll not mention the surname yet. It's strange that we might find some key answers here tonight. Are you ready, Marie? All ready. Just check we have all the recorders fully charged and recording properly. We wouldn't want to miss anything. Uh, yeah, we're good to go. Here we go then. Hello. I'm Gemma and this is Marie. We were given your address by Scarlett. She said you would be expecting us. Yes, of course. Scarlett rang to say you would be coming. Come in. It's a lovely home. Can I call you Rachel? Of course. I understand you want to record this for some sort of show. If that's okay, it's for an investigative podcast. That's fine. Please, have a seat. Tea? Coffee? Tea, please. Same, please. Scarlett's spoken very highly of you, which is quite an honour from her, so you must have impressed her. That's great to know. It wasn't easy to agree to talk to you. Sometimes the past has to stay in the past, if you understand. I guess it wouldn't have been easy having to drag all this up again after all these years. How badly did losing the cows affect you? Oh, the whole herd was buried. Most were infected, and seeing as we didn't know how it was transmitting, we had to slaughter every one of them. You may or may not know that there was a compensation scheme run by the government to offset every cow that was infected, but we predated that and got nothing for them. How did you move forward with the farm after all that? Well, we bought a handful of cheap cows and tried to build it back up. It was a massive struggle. Farming was forever falling in and out of favour with the government. Some grants worked for us, but to be honest, the development of Wooten was a godsend for us. We were offered a good amount for the farm, and we jumped at the chance and took early retirement. I've heard farming is a tough profession, but I had no idea. It can be. 
Here's your tea. Thank you. Thank you. I understand you have some questions. Yes. We're investigating the death of Kenny Goldsmith. He died in the vicinity of your farm and it seems his investigation was looking into unusual livestock behaviour. We wanted to know if there was any connection between Kenny and your farm. Oh, please excuse me. I've invited a couple of others to the meeting. Okay. Sure. Come through. They're already here. Let me sort out the introductions. This is Gemma and Marie. They're recording a podcast. Is that correct? That's correct. And this is Sarah Blackwell. We know you. I should hope so. You do like my cakes? Yes, the cafe. The Chestnut Cafe. And you're connected to the Dandelion Grove Farm? I used to work there as a farmhand. Hmm, looked after the dairy cows for a few years, then left. That was a long time ago, Rachel. And you should also know Scarlett. Didn't expect to see you here. Scarlett is my daughter. 